three, two, one. Good day. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Listeners out there, we apologize for the brief hiatus. Things are out of our control, but we're back. You know what this is. This is another installment of the KG and the Fifth Quarter Wildcat podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. As is customary lately, Wildcat, what is on your brain, sir? What is on my brain, folks? We got our listed on 30 days, and we'll be out and about getting around with some college football. It's going to be getting it going on. Tell you, I had, last week I had a, had a good week. Uh, four days of college football coaches talking about what they got and what they don't have and being concerned about, you know, the, the upcoming season. But it's interesting how all these guys get along and be glad-handed and all and slapping each other on the back when football season hasn't started yet and they got the, the whistle is blown and they got to be lining up against each other. Uh, started out last Monday at uh, the Big 12 <coughs> BCS conference. Well, first things first, for anybody who's new to the podcast, wondering, how is this man at these things? Who are you, sir? I am the fifth ward wildcat. I am the baddest thing that you know and standing around from the fifth ward, Texas. That's the way we refer to it. Baggett, what's your affiliation, sir, with the media? I am with print. Media, I am with KingSizeView.com, uh, KingSizeView, the paper, the newspaper. You can find it at the Fiesta uh, stores in the Houston area and six stores in the North, in the Dallas and Fort Worth community. Yes, sir, we are out and out out. We just dropped off papers this past weekend, went to the, uh, involved with the PBIL Coaches Association uh, Award Banquets on Saturday, and we had a good day. Ran into the veteran, the legend himself, Coach Jackie B. Carr. He received his ring as being a Hall of Famer and a legend of the days of the PBIL. Which stands for? Preview <coughs> in a Scholastic League. And folks, most of you people that don't know what that means, that's before integration. When the games were played at Prairie View A&M University. Exactly. Now, How can folks find you on Twitter? How can folks get in touch with you, sir? Well, yeah, let's see. On Twitter, like I said, on, 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 on print, King Size View, on, online. You can go to the online ver- ver- version of a kingsideview.com. You can find me at AKSVDCSR online at Twitter, YouTube, and blog, Blogspot. I am out there and about, and let me tell you, it's thank goodness for Twitter, because it got a little crazy this week. All right, now let's, everybody knows who you are. Back to the Big 12. Back right, to the Big 12. Football Media Day. Monday was a good day. Um, it was split up between the, the 10 teams that are in the, in the so-called Big 12, as, as somebody, our friend refers to it, as the, <laughs> the Big 12 and the little 10. Yeah. But, well, actually, the little, the little 9, the little 8. <laughs> And we're not going to reference who that person is. That's, no, that's right. He knows who he is, though. That's quite all right. <laughs> he is, he's he's going to laugh just like we just did. But, yeah, Monday was a good day. Uh, it started out with Oklahoma State's uh, Mike Gundy. He had something interesting to say, you know, that uh, which uh, something I was checking online today about uh, Twitter. The Twitter GC, uh, CEO, was, uh, who was a Michigan supporter and a booster, welcomed in uh, a 2015 class recruit. And, oops, as they say, but we don't know how that's going to turn out, but uh, you're not supposed to be doing that as a booster. 
Yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> and and then say he didn't know, and most people don't know. But the NCA would take years before they do oh, anything, yeah. before they slap him on the uh, wrist. So whatever. I died in that if he gets that. But uh, uh, Coach Mike Gundy, who's a, most, uh, who's expected, his Oklahoma State Cowboys are expected to win the conference. Yeah, they'll pick number one. That's right. And it'll be interesting because there were a couple of folks that looked around like, did you vote for him? <laughs> it was a lot of question marks when they started started mentioning it. I was like, "Well, I didn't. I didn't vote for number one, but hey, it, they just as good as anybody else." And then, uh, in line, it was K State uh, coach, uh, uh, the old veteran coach Bill Snyder, uh, and then TCU Gary Patterson. Kansas, Charlie Weiss, he looked in shape. He, he dropped a few uh, LBs. And, uh, That's he good. He, he needed to. And uh, he, he's happy about his upcoming season. He's got a chance now to some guys to grow into their, uh, to their jobs and to their uh, uh, positions. He's looking for a better season, which most likely will happen. But uh, <laughs> the, the uh, interested person of the day was none other than Coach Cliff Kingsbury and his young coaching staff. He's interested how they I don't know, but that's all going to work out because at Texas Tech, <clears throat> the AD is barely 35. The head football coach is barely 33. And then most of the other coaches that's, uh, uh, that's on the staff, they're either acquainted either by uh, playing with each other or knowing each other in the coaching ranks and all. They've they got a connection one way or the other through – uh, playing or coaching, but they've been they've Cliff has known pretty much all those guys pretty much a long while, and half the uh, uh, and half the staff are former Texas Tech Red Raiders, and they're happy about the upcoming season. And Cliff said it was a reason behind getting uh, putting that kind of staff together. He wanted an energetic staff. He wanted a bunch of go getters, and he's excited about the season. And so are they, and it will be an interesting and a happy. Fall workouts. Just hope it comes out to Wildcat. Wildcat. You you named Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Texas Tech. I'm I haven't heard you name that burnt orange well, that's team that, from Austin. That, that's Matt Brown. Oh, that's day two. Oh, that's right. You oh, did say day one. I'm sorry. Day one. Day one. Day one. It was all nice and well. You know, it, uh, <clears throat> I posted a couple of some uh, photos and all from day one. Some photos from day two. The videos should be coming up. Uh, uh, it should start coming up online uh, late on this evening once we finish with our podcast here because the Wildcat has been busy. It's been out and about. It was the first long week for me to so, do a video. So let's get to day but two. Where were, the, where were the, Day two was interesting. Where the Longhorn tabs in the preseason poll? Here we go. Eight o'clock at, uh, at 9 o'clock, we started out. Well, let me, let me back up. 9 o'clock, they did they, the NC2A or head of officials for the Big 12 did a speak and he talked about the new rules that are being involved in this year. I won't get too far into them. i just read them. Just, just, just two things we are talking about is targeting and initiating contact with the crown of the helmet, meaning you have to be looking face forward into the player in front of you on, on a hit. No head down, no bent. Looking over to the shoulder now, your your face guard must be looking forward and head up. Oh, in other words, see what you hit, see what you tackle, like it like it was supposed to have been. Hopefully, taught and coached 
When I was a kid. That too. But what has everybody, all the coaches all talking, which was discussed a lot, especially in the one-on-ones, how to make judgment on what that hit was and, and what it could do because the first thing everybody talked about was the uh, Javon Clowney hit last season when he just eliminated whatever was in front of him <laughs> and made that tackle, that spectacular tackle. Uh, that, depending on the position of the, of the uh, uh, judge or the referee who's ever in charge of that particular area, it's an automatic ejection. Now you're talking about a kid being out for the next game, no matter what. That's what it, and, and there's already a long period of time when they're making discussions. That's going to make it even longer because now you're in a learning period. And that's what all the coaches were, uh, have been discussing because it's going to be, it's, it's going to come down to positioning, as you mentioned, and referees' judgment as well. So it's going to, that's going to be a hard, hard role then and to interpret. That's a, so we'll see how that, how that plays out this season. And because as long as the flag sits on the ground, we're at a halt. Going to commercials, waiting for a call from up top or from the sidelines, and you still may not get the right call. But to, to the coach's point, I'm worried about my player not being out the rest of the game and then the very next game because it's automatic. Now, <clears throat> the, uh, let's see... Getting, uh, getting back to the Big 12. First person out of the block on Tuesday morning was Oklahoma Bob's dudes. He had an interesting day. Big game, Bob. He was not really. Not anymore. But, <laughs> what I told you about Dr. Landry, he wasn't going to be the number one quarterback this season. <laughs> so, yep. Well, take that right. But uh, the next coach behind him was UT Texas, Mike Brown, your friend. Ain't my friend. And, I respect uh, him, but that's about all. That's what. But uh, that's what that is. I tell you what, they've got to make some some uh, decisions. They're down to one quarterback in uniform that has on the field generalship, and another guy in uniform that's been the sideline. It all falls around David Ash this season, and that's a hopefully frightening thought. I, hopefully, it all finds a way to work itself out before the Oklahoma game. Because, folks, that's what they're going to be judged on. You and I both know that. I oh, mean, yeah. it's, it's, they can probably power through the rest of the conference. But if they get beat down by Oklahoma, it'll be <laughs> the young <laughs> the young Longhorns will be saying, got to go. Got to go. So he, to he's go. on the hot seat, but, you know, no. he, he's, he's raised so much money for the program. That yeah. And he'll move into a situation, uh, a fundraising situation, which will uh, allow everybody to be happy. And, and, and he'll get his name known somewhere in, inside the stadium. Names that put somewhere, either on the field or the, uh, somewhere. Then West Virginia's Dana Holgerson, who uh, had something to say about Nick Saban. Uh, I wasn't, I was, wasn't around at the time because I was trying to catch up with the uh, commissioner of the conference. But apparently, he called out Saban as to who he thinks he is to be in charge of. College football, and that there are uh, Alabama is ordained as numero, number one t- team in the country every every year. Well, until basically, and I'm saying this honestly, until USC gets their crap together, that's what it's going to be like because Notre Dame still has to overcome some things. We all saw that in the championship game last year. They just have to overcome. It's like with uh, 
Louisville does Connecticut beats down on a regular basis and, and, and women's basketball. Tennessee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Duke. Duke women. They just had to oh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, that, them too. Everybody else, but yeah. But, but, but they just... They can be rolling through, like I said, they can be rolling through the conference and then one game and just get blasted. And everybody finds out, okay. Duke still Duke, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Ohio State to be better this year, but yeah, yeah, I, I get I your point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, All right, then, reference. As they say, a point of reference. And then uh, with Baylor's Art Browns, and then uh, he had a lot to say. He's he's excited this year. They're, they've got a new stadium going up on on I 35 right by the right, right by the river. And uh, you can't miss it. I mean, it's a. It's a sight to see and a sight to behold. Um, everybody's excited about that uh, uh, football, football stadium coming up. And uh, not so much a moving out of Florida because it's been there forever and a day. Um, place is, I think, older than I am. I'm getting on up in years. But I know it's the early 50s and, and when it was first, uh, when it had the first game. But uh, when it comes, to the, when the new stadium comes online, it will be change as far as where everybody's um, position will be on campus. They've already got the new basketball facilities and uh, KG and I have both witnessed, uh, watched it come out of the ground and see what it, it has done to the women's and men's basketball program. You can imagine what it's going to do to the football program. Um, they also have the number one offensive lineman in the country and Cyril Richardson and the young man speaks well. I got a chance to speak to him one-on-one uh, but it was, as I say, it was a cattle call. Um, I'll talk about that as soon as they get done, they get, uh, get to uh, coach, uh, get done with the uh, introductions. Iowa State, uh, Coach Powell Rose, um, he was one of the main coaches that had a lot to say about the new uh, football rules, uh, the targeting and the ejections and all. He was, he was more concerned with it than pretty much anybody else because of uh, two games they were involved in. And then everybody thought about the uh, Tulsa and the uh, Tulane game last year when the kid got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the first thing that was brought up, especially at conference year. So, yeah, I'll speak more on that later. But um, a lot of the, the, those two changes in rules, targeting and crown of the, and the, crown of the helmet, um, coaches being concerned about the ejection rule, how will it be referenced and how will it be applied. Um Baylor's getting a new football uh, stadium, you know, and Mac Brown being Mac Brown. You know, he, he's a statement, elder statesman in, in the conference right now. And everybody's has a game pass Mac by a Wildcat. You know what? I think the coaching style has changed. Uh, but because the, the one thing that I noticed that everybody talked about, including Coach Bill Snyder at uh, Kansas State, which is the uh, uh, which who has been around a lot longer than Mac has, uh, Twitter, on social media. You know, it's become, you, you basically have to uh, grasp what's going on. And Coach uh, Gary Patterson of TCU spoke a lot with that. He, I asked him a couple of questions, and he expanded on it very well, explained you know, what you need, how you need to understand it. You need to develop some hashtags of your own, you know, develop some some uh, short some short words that, that uh, are not so much a coach, but that you, that you can get your characters in and, 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 uh, on, on, Twitter, on Twitter and you and can can uh, talk to your players and, uh, and get a message to them 
where they understand, okay, this came from coach instead of coming from outside. He said, that's the other thing you got to be. You got to be aware of what you're getting, what you're reading, and, and, that, and paying attention to it and, and checking it and then not checking it. You know, if it comes up, boom. If not, uh, if somebody you don't recognize a handle, you don't recognize a hashtag, you don't recognize after you send out a tweet, then don't reply. All right. Everybody's watching. You touched on it. Oklahoma State Cowboys picked first. Sooner second. TCU third. Your Longhorns fourth. You know. Art Browse fifth. Kansas State sixth. Texas Tech seven. West Virginia eight. Iowa State nine. And in the toilet, Kansas at the 10 spot. You got any problems with that order? Uh, the only problem I had was a switch out with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So you think Bob Stoops is? I think that he'll figure out a way to to, to win. Going to get it done. To, to get it done in the conference. Um, Coach Patterson at uh, at TCU. He's out. It, it, he and, and uh, he's figured it got it got some some depth positions filled that will help him out during the middle of the season. He's waiting on some guys now to, to mature and stuff. It's like a lot of, some coaches said, uh, uh, and they all spoke about this. One thing about freshmen, they become sophomores. He said, and then when, as they become sophomores, become juniors. He said, you got to build a balance in. Um, with, uh, uh, Coach, let me be sure now. Coach Weiss talked about recruiting. Um, you know, they're in the process of trying to get uh, better facilities and stuff, but he's found a way to just break it home and break it down to guys and all the ask them to come to Kansas and play at a basketball school. He talked, he mentioned about that. He said, you know, you got you got you got to you got to no, no, no. sell it. He said, you got to sell it. You got to sell what's down that that, that attracts them because Kansas is not known for football. You know, you know that that is Rock Chalk Jayhawk is basketball team. He's not a football team. There you go. Uh, he says you got to get the students on campus. You got to talk about the, you know race your girls on campus and stuff. You get, that's, you, that's, a, that's a tough sell. Play football there, and they're the, they're the toilet for a reason. He mentioned about talking, you know, a guy going to a home visit and having to show a DVD with the facilities that they have right now. But he sells them with a dream. Like a friend of ours did with basketball, but they, they waited until he got he left before <laughs> they decided to do anything about it. But the fact is, you got to sell them a dream, and you got to sell them that. My, his, not so much his connection with the with the next level, but that he can prepare you to succeed beyond college football, and it helps. Those guys that I, the, the couple of guys that I talked to from Kansas, they were excited about season. Only because it's not just plodding around alone in a mule's pace. Right now, it's rolling along at a uh, BMW's pace. Well, they're excited right now because they haven't been hit by somebody. You know that. You know that's fine. <laughs> you know, uh, like Iron Mike Tyson you said, they good until they get hit. So whatever. You know, and everybody gonna bring the fight, like Holyfield said. But one of your interviewees from a few years ago, Charles Sims. Former Cougar now at West, West Virginia. To be newcomer of the year. And, and folks, I'm going to tell you, he, Coach Holgerson didn't, didn't talk long about that. It was almost like everybody knows who he is, what's expected of him, 
what we got going on with the, you know, he's familiar with the offense. Now it's going to be a matter of getting some, th- you know, getting out in fall workouts and get some things done. He will get his hands on the ball a lot because the two, the two guys that are in front of him, they're in the lead now. Um, they're gone, so he'll get his t- he'll get his hands on the ball on the rock a lot. Oh, let's shift gears just to your conference USA. Conference USA. Oh, oh let's see. We want to talk about the American. The American. We're gonna, I'm going to call it the American. Your friends call it the Act. It's the American. It's not the Act. It's the Act. It's the AAC. It is the American. AAC with no T on it. Y'all going to hate. That's fine. That's fine. All right. With no well, no T on it. The Wildcats, Ryan Styles will pick second in the West Division because of they've got 50 plus returnees. The whole offensive line is coming back. Quarterback. Uh, starting running back. And they are coming off a bowl win, correct? Yep. And Shockingly. Well, hey, they finished the season, end of the season did, winning. Did better than yeah. Mama Mata, so, you know. They finished the end of the season so winning. They made a run. They made a run. And by Dahlia, they were blade up. He was he's excited about this upcoming season. He was a lot more calmer than I've ever seen him at the uh, USA. He was accommodating to everybody. Well, you know, winning does that. Winning <laughs> makes you feel good. makes you happy. But real quick, I'll... I'll Say this, and you can get into the details okay. about attending attending the uh, media day. As you told me that you were one of only two Houston media members yeah. to attend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. real quick, West Division's 14 teams in the new Conference USA. Oh. It's also got all the votes, first place votes in the West. That I don't think it's in. They're the best team. Close. Yeah, they're, they're, they're close. Close. They're so far behind them. It's, it's unreal. But Tulsa's first in the West, followed by Rice, then La Tech, Louisiana Tech, followed by UTEP. In fifth place, North Texas. In sixth place, Tulane. Last, number seven, Texas San Antonio. Over in the east, first place, East Carolina with 11 of the 14 possible first place votes, followed by Marshall with two. Third, Middle Tennessee. Four, UAB. Five, Southern Miss. Six, Florida Atlantic. And seven, Florida International. Now, why can't you tell me? Florida Atlantic. Was it Florida Atlantic? Oh, yeah. Was talking some junk. They're talking some junk. I was like, wait a minute now. Don't they realize this is Texas? We play football here. You know what? He said, y'all, the, 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 the key, I can't remember the kid's name now, but I said, uh, his, his, his interview will be up to date. I can tell you that for sure. I can make, I make sure that I edit that just correctly to where it got it came directly out and of where can, And where can folks and find it? Folks can find me on YouTube at AKSVVCSR. What's the young man's name? Did he talk, did he talk some junk? Did he talked talk some junk. He talked some yak yak junk. He said, he mentioned that we don't play football here. We don't play high school football here in the state of Texas, and we don't play football here. You know, and I looked at him with a look. I said, young man, let me let you know something. I cut the camera off at that, at the, at that point, and they didn't know. I said, I'm from Texas. He said, yeah, I know. I said, no, nah, okay. I said, I'm from Fifth Ward, Texas. <laughs> I said to do it just like that. I said, I ain't from Houston, Texas. I'm from Fifth Ward, Texas. I said, that's different. And he looked at me with a look. What's his name? Remember his name? No, I don't remember his name because I didn't want to at that point. That's, that's fine. That's you fine. Know, that's at that right. point, that's, he's confident. Oh, yeah. That's good. And they, as a matter of fact, they come to Houston to uh, play Rice on the September 28th. And one of the... Uh, well, you let me know. Oh, trust you me. remind me. Trust me. Not only that, one of the... Uh, Rice has to represent the city of Houston against some out-of-towners <laughs> and that's just Florida. What, that's just where I'm and they represent well. 
The one thing that uh, Tell Coach Bailey says, oh, oh. <laughs> he can't oh, lose me out of town. Oh, football, yeah. I'm a mission to. I'm not, I know I'm a mission to on the, on the football team because yeah, they don't have something to say. They're like, oh, oh really? But you Philip Gaines, huh? he's gonna have something to say there, you know? Because uh, matter of fact, Philip Gaines is expected to be uh, defensive player again. Was picked to be defensive player again uh, for the uh, Conference USA, and I think he has a good shot. A good shot. What Bobcat? He's a he's a rice out. Hey, Are you saying Rice Owls play football? Play yeah. football well? He played well, well enough to be tabbed as such, such a high honor? Apparently so. Because and, you, and, you, and you agree? At some point, you have to. You've seen him practice? You've seen I've him seen him practice. So. But, that, but, but the kid that I get most of the hits from is just regularly seeing wide receiver uh, Luke Wilson. I don't know what he got going on, but he and, he and Skylar Diggins, they run it naked neck uh, getting hits. Yeah, I don't want to, well, she has over two thousand, almost going to twenty five hundred dollars going to three, and he has almost two thousand. And the person behind them is the legendary Bobby Bland. But you say Tulsa is far and away the yes. favorite to win yes. Conference USA yes. in their last year in Conference yes. USA. And I'm if you before they head off to the American. And I say this, not the act, the American. And I say this because I, the, you, KJ, you've heard me say this. When teams are leaving out the door, and it's your house they're leaving, you expect them to leave butt naked. I don't. They will have bulls out. They should have bulls out on their chest. No yeah. question. You know, but Clubs is going to answer the call because that's just who they are. They're not afraid of anybody. They could care less who comes to, comes to this conference talking about you know, doing this, that, the other. They could care less. But one thing about them, though, will Wright be Tulsa? No. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. Only because it, uh, um, it it'll be more uh, be about talent and depth. Be a lot more uh, better talent. It'll be better talent, and that's the only reason. Other than that, they got a shot with everybody else. They got a shot with everybody else. All right, well, okay. I hear you. You really like Coach Coach Bailey. No, 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 no. I, I like what that, I like what he has coming back, and it's, and. Most most teams that have a uh, offensive line that comes back intact that has some time on that belt, they are capable to get some things done even late in the game, <coughs> not just late in the season but late in the game, and you know, to keep you in uh, keep you in check and keep you compete. And I think that should be, always be there. Always compete. Got to compete. If not, don't need you. I don't want you out on the field. I don't want you in a uniform, getting out of my uniform, just butt naked. I don't care. You know, I don't need you. I got no use for it at all. Now, for folks who are new to the podcast, the podcast for a few weeks will be dominated by football, college football, hell, even we're going to talk Texans at some point in August and September until my sport basketball returns and, and tips off. And that's quite all right. The Wildcat can handle football. And I'm go, I will dabble in. Add my two cents here and there. <clears throat> the America's Media Day is, is July 30th. Our colleague Joseph Duarte mm-hmm. from the Chronicle, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> is in Providence, Rhode Island. He made his connecting flights or whatever. Took the bus or whatever we had to do to get up to Providence. Because oh, that's a hard trip up there, Man. and we plan to make it for Women's Basketball Media Day in October. Because I don't think money would be a thing. It would be more so. How do we get from point A to point B? So we'll see how to get there. And the main reason 
that the Wildcat and, and myself are hoping and planning to attend. You got friends. Is one, obviously, it's the Cougars' first year in the new conference. Two, and more importantly, even though I love my school, Louisville. two, and more importantly, <laughs> it's Louisville, Coach Jeff Walls, <laughs> last year in the first and last year in the American, and Coach Gino Oriema from the eight time champion Connecticut Huskies, who I'm sure is going to have plenty of things to say, as he always does with the media around. And more importantly, I think the Wildcat wanted to let, and me, one lesson, Wildcat and I want to let some folks know that. Houston Media does travel, and we will be have we will have a presence in the new conference. Trust and believe that. Yeah, oh, definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, but Louisville football will be speaking of that favorite to win speaking conference. That'll be announced if it had our been. It'll be announced tomorrow. Because they're clearly the best team. Louisville is not clearly the best teams in the conference. Because we're in the middle of the pack. Hopefully, without a doubt, they have the best quarterback right now. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. In that part of the country, I'm going to say it just like that, in that part of the country. Louisville, Kentucky, they, he is the guy. Matter of fact, uh, he was supposed to be on the campus this time, uh, and that's how they refer to it now. He's supposed to be on the, on the campus today in the studio giving some uh, uh, background. He's going through the watch, the ESPN watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about it, man. That's, you, that's what they call it, in case you wondered who you got what we're talking about. It's the, the media watch. You uh you got a chance to challenge uh, uh Johnny Football and uh, and win the Heisman this year. Oh yeah, he's he's he is a legit Heisman uh, candidate, Heisman favorite. Some people ask, but the uh, the American Media Day will be July thirtieth. It's going to be uh, on ESPN three. If people are curious and intrigued to see it and and hear what Coach U of H Coach Tony Levine has to say in his passive. Soft-sounding voice, soothing voice, like he's doing, doing, like he's going to do something for a Sunday night at nine point one or something. You know, he just doesn't sound like a passive individual. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. You heard the man talk. He just, he's just a you know, smooth dude. You well, know? you know, the only time he got riled up, you know, he, he I asked him was uh, week for bio bucket. Our friend, you know, MJ wasn't there, so somebody had to carry him out that day and ask questions. Well, he had to win that game. You know, because I basically just challenged him straight up. He stubbed his toe a hell of a lot this past season. <laughs> I basically just challenged him straight up. I said, uh, you know what that trophy is? He said, yes, sir. I said, you know what it means? He said, yes, sir. I said, it's going to be sitting there next week when we come in. He said, yes, sir. I said, it's all right. I expect it to be that. He said, yes, sir. We're going to handle that. And everybody kind of sat there with their jaws on the floor like, that's not the how you handle a uh, press conference. But new coach, he needs to know. That's, oh, yeah. He needs to know. And Everybody else was afraid to ask. Like I said, my friend MJ wasn't now, so somebody had to ask that question. Media day starts at 8 o'clock Houston time on, <laughs> on the 30th. Coach Levine talks at 9.35. Uh, hopefully, I, I expect uh, 9.35. He's on the podium at 9.20. And I expect Joseph Duarte from the Chronicle to be right there up front asking questions with the microphone in hand saying, Joseph Duarte, Houston Chronicle. He better. Coach Levine, blah, 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 blah. You know, he better. What do you expect from the he team better. this year? Well, how will y'all be much he better than, than uh, you were last season? Horrible he season. Better. He but better. locally, the Cougars will have their Houston Media Day on August 3rd. That's a Saturday. TSU, Texas Southern will have their Media Day at the... BBB. I, I, I was going to say that, but they need to... It's a, 
the BBVA Compass Stadium, we, we should get a cut of that mm-hmm. for giving that a plug on the podcast. But Texas Southern needs to let folks know that they play at that stadium. And it's not just the Houston Dynamo Stadium. They need to start letting folks know that they are a part of that stadium. And they also need to let folks know they are the host school for the SWAG tournament. Yes. SWAG football championship. Yes. And they are doing a piss-poor-ass job about it right now. Which they do quite often, unfortunately. You know, and they still, as, as, as of today, I know, uh, if I'm wrong, somebody correct me, you know, online. But they have yet to, to set, the, the conference has yet to set a price for both of those events. And that's what they are, folks. They are an event. Yes. The, the football championship is an event. And the football and, championship will be a reliance. Is that right? Reliance. Yeah. We'll be a reliance. They need, to start, they need to start promoting that, announcing that. The basketball tournament will be at Toyota Center. Men's and women's tournament will be at Toyota Center. And they But they have yet to put a price up under that, and the price posted. I'm like, what is going on? And everybody asked me that yesterday. Well, I'm blank. Was I covered as work? As, with a camera in hand, or was I going to work? I said, anytime I show up in this building, I'm doing either. I'll be working. And I got well, we will be, and no doubt, we will be. But like I told them, though, at, know, at the conference. There's been changes at Texas Southern. There's been changes at Prairie View. So uh, it's got to be to my liking. You know, I may just watch, check out the men with Coach Davis because I know that's going to be a... Thank you for that segue there, sir. I need to do some do some typing real quick. Go ahead. Uh, you can, Texas Southern, Mike Davis, men's basketball. So now I'm going to segue into my domain, my area of so-called expertise. Texas Southern... Um, it's probably going to be picked second behind they, they Southern. That's right. They can, they, they can play this year. Uh, they go, they, you know, they can go tournaments now and things like that. Cause they were always going to be interesting. They now, were sixteen and two in the SWAC last year, but couldn't go because of probation, basically punishment. Speaking of that, go Southern, ahead. go ahead. Southern Jaguars got some got some props, some love, some national attention. There you go. By being ranked one of the uh, top ten sleepers to watch. In this upcoming season in men's basketball, yes, that's Southern, the Southern Jaguars. Yes, a team the from the SWAC got national attention from ESPN for the basketball expectations. For what they did last year, expecting to be better this year. But in the summary, Texas Southern was also mentioned as a possible sleeper. So. You got two SWAC schools get get mentioned on ESPN.com. I think that is outstanding, and the main reason is because the the Jags almost beat Gonzaga last this past season, number one seed overall in the men's tournament. They only lost by six points, and they scared the Jesus out of the Jags, out of Gonzaga, and almost just blew up the whole bracket, bracket up all over. They won. It'd have been like, damn, what happened? Yeah. But, you know, the SWAT used to be powerful like that. Oh, no doubt. No. They used to go out and play folks and get, get jump up on them. Coach Joe was there at, at Southern. You know, and Coach Morton would do it back in the day and all with, with Machine Gun and that group. You know, they used to challenge people. But, uh, you know, as they say, talent moves on and heads off down the road or, or stays close at home. And, and, and let me let me say, I let, let Wildcat know how everybody can get in touch with him and contact him. <clears throat> I'm KG, Houston Ron Bar Review. I'm on Twitter 
at T-H-E-H-R Review. My website is HoustonRoundBarReview.com. Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Facebook fan page is Houston Round Bar Review. We're out there. The podcast on iTunes, as you all, all you all know, all these great great things. Thank you as always for listening. Let us switch there. Talking some swag basketball in July. You won't hear that too many other places, you know, especially here in Houston. But Good what they do. Rockets, yeah, Rockets in the news. Signed the old man. <clears throat> excuse me, veteran. <clears throat> Does it give him options? Marcus Canby. Does it give him to a one year deal? Oh yeah. One year deal works at the veteran minimum about one point four million dollars. Marcus lives in Pearland. I think everybody expected him once the Raptors agreed to a buyout of uh, Marcus's contract that he was going to pick the Rockets because he said he wanted to finish his career here and you know, close to his home. So that wasn't a surprise. It became official uh, Monday morning, Monday afternoon. Rockets now have Marcus Canby, tobacco Dwight Howard, Omer Osik, tobacco Dwight Howard, Greg Smith. So you got four guys playing center, four out of fifteen. Somebody got to go. So who's going to be first on that box? Because I'm still saying nobody's going to be here day one and going to challenge. Marcus, Marcus, until playoff time, probably be dressed in a suit because he's not going to play a, a hell of a lot of minutes. Right. He's old. But he's, he's here to, to provide leadership in the locker room, things like that. But he's not expected to play a lot. Uh, Greg Smith, if Marcus Canby beats out Greg Smith for some, some minutes, there's a problem. Something's wrong. In the scheme of things, Greg Smith is a big man who Rockets expect to produce. He did have problems last year being consistent with with his production, and Coach Kevin McHale sat his butt down. He did, he had so, and, it, and, and that would explain the other part about uh, Isaac playing up, getting a lot of minutes and all on the floor and having to play extended time when he's coach was, coach was trying to supplement, you know, to keep him healthy and all, all every, uh, the, the, to finish out the season. And some kind of way they find it with the you know extra forwards. I don't know when you know switching them around and changing the offense. Uh, they adapted, but my goodness, now you got two big guys out there. They can do extended time, and Greg may not. You know, Mr. Smith may find himself out. And but you and I, you, you and I believe, still believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. That by the February trade deadline, all oh. will be gone. Yeah. Uh, and then, because I think by that time, now the locker room will 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 be on close to explosion, only because Isaac has <coughs> basically said they bringing somebody in to cut in my time and cut my money. It's about my money now. I got a shot. I know what I can do healthy. So does everybody else. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push. But Wildcat, Wildcat, Rockets GM Daryl Morey said. Hey. Omer Ashiko was uh, he's not going anywhere. When Omer was on the bench, the Rockets defense sucked. So blah blah blah. We're not we're not going to trade him. That's what he said. The man said Darren Moore said that he can say that. He just lost two of his folks that were content that that may or may not happen. It's, no, no, no. He lost two assistants. The Rockets and the, the front the, office the, has been stripped buck naked. Sam Hinkie's in Philadelphia as GM. Gerson Rosas is in Dallas as GM. Uh, Arturis Karnisovas is in Denver as assistant uh, scout director. He did. He was a director, director scouting for the Rockets here. He's now with the Nuggets. There's it's a whole new front office that's and, got and, to. Uh, and I can't. And, and, and I'll be honest with you. Be hired. Think, I, it'll be interesting to see who whose face is on is in the media guide this year as far as 
their you know what, what their responsibility to be because those guys would all sit in the room with Daryl and says, okay, Daryl will get him a number and it's all right. This is production. This is what we're going for. This is what he's getting paid. This is the market. Do we have any any feelers out there that you know that's asking anybody out there asking about our guys? And but but the, uh, and once he gets that answer, then the next one comes report from Gershon about how the team in Nevada is doing. Because you and I both know that most people don't know the Rockets are one of the few teams in the league that has their own correct that they don't share with anybody else in the DL plan. So when those guys go down to the play, they're not shipped off to anybody else. They come either go there or here. And the same philosophy. And it's like it's like a feeder school with exactly. a middle school, uh, high school. You know, it's, it's, it's a feeder situation. So when you got that to work with, you know, you place it. You you place guys from the coaching staff to players in position also where they can get time every day on the floor, not sitting around on the bench. That's what folks like Ken, like you said, Marcus. That's that's a veteran. That you're looking for leadership that in practice gets things done, but maybe on game day he's just sick. I'm gonna close it out talking about my Cougars because hey, somebody has to. So I, I might, might as well be me. Next week. First things first. This was announced earlier today. I was surprised after I announced this that this hasn't already happened. But um, the Big E, Elvin Hayes, will be inducted. Will be enshrined into the National Collegiate. Basketball Hall of Fame in November in Kansas City. He's going to be part of the nine-person wow. class. Well, I thought that had already taken place. Yeah. I mean, as great as Elvin was uh, for Coach Lewis in the '60s. I, just, I guess I had to get with Rick. Uh, but the class, the cl- let me say this real quick. Okay, he will be enshrined along with X-Man Xavier McDaniel. <laughs> we talked about him though the past weekend. Tom McMillan from Maryland. Maryland. Oh man, Marcus Johnson from UCLA. Oh my goodness. Bob Hopkins from Grambling. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Then uh, coaching legends, Dean Cady from Purdue. Oh. Ronnie Massimino from Villanova. Oh, Uncle Ronnie? Oh, I got to go now. George Raveling oh. as a contributor. Nike and uh, George Killian of FIBA. George Killian helped, helped found FIBA, FIBA. Yeah. basically. He and was the a last team, as a group, team is going to go in is uh, 1963 uh, Loyola of Chicago team that was part oh, of uh, – that is the history, historic history team. team. Oh, yeah. A barrier-breaking team. And we'll probably get in the details. They're the first team to uh, play a white team. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so this, it, the story is great. I don't want to shortchange it by not going over. into details here. But the story behind what this team did in 63 is truly historic. And it's the 50-year anniversary so the fact that they're going to go in this year, I think, is, is right. fantastic. Um, but Elvin Hayes, Wildcat, let me just read off these numbers for the youngsters who don't know, who don't, well, for the folks who don't know history. Let's put it like that. You yeah. talk about Dream, talk about Clyde, Michael Young, all the other, you know, Rob, Rob Williams, et cetera, et cetera. And we're talking about a guy that's not 16, not 16, not 7 feet. Elvin Hayes is the Cougs all-time leading scorer. Three years, right? Three years, correct? Yeah. Sophomore, junior, and senior. Yes, didn't play four years. No, yeah, that's the other thing. Um, so it's not until the fall of 1973 that freshmen were allowed to play varsity basketball on campus. Up to that point, there was a 
freshman squad and then a varsity squad. Now, you just mentioned one person. Think about Will, Kareem, uh, who has uh, Bob Cousy, all these uh, uh, JoJo White, Sam Jones, uh, Oscar Robinson, guys that, that weren't allowed to play but three years of basketball. Right. Four, you put four years on those stats that they were doing, and it'll be hard for some hard pressed for any, some of these guys today to get close to these stats because you're talking about a whole season. That's at least twenty to, to thirty games because you basically were unlimited on all of how many games you could play on freshman squad. And you would play varsity teams that's where scrimmage and would get beat down at freshman squad. Because that actually happened with uh, Alcindor's freshman squad. They beat down the varsity his freshman year. And it was almost like, we can't wait. Right. We, y'all may be winning championships, but trust me, we ain't going to be losing none. We're going to get that every year and get that done. Big E scored 2,880 points in three years. Average 31 points, almost 32 points a game, and 17 rebounds a game. That's a big dub dub for the Cougars. He's one of he along with Don Duck Cheney. Yes, sir. One of the first two African American players for Coach Lewis. We'll also be going to the Hall of Fame finally. Thank praise, you. praise God. Thank you. <laughs> so, tremendous shout out to Elvin Hayes and and that's honor. Like I said a few minutes ago, I thought he'd already been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Because of his tremendous accomplishments, but uh, the Cougars presently uh, was announced two days ago that they're going to host two games in the uh, Legends Classic <coughs> inside Hawthorne Pavilion. They're going to host Lehigh and then Howard before heading off to the Barclays Center uh, to play in, in those games. Uh, this classic, basically, yeah. four teams will yeah. host Houston, Texas Tech. Stanford and Pittsburgh are the host schools, and then those four schools advance on to to, Bar- to the Barclays Center and play. Most games will be on ESPN2 or ESPNU. But in the release, I noticed that uh, school we mentioned a few moments ago is also in this classic. Texas Southern. TSU will play at Texas Tech on November 18th. That game is going to be on ESPNU. And TSU will also play at Stanford on November 21st. Uh-huh. So while the Cougars are hosting Lehigh on the 17th and Howard on the 21st, Texas Southern will also be participating in that uh, Legends Classic. I'm not sure uh, TSU has announced that yet, but um, that's, what, that's why we're, that's, we're here. That's, that's right. That's why we're here. So I want to wrap it up, get a little bit more information on the Loyola squad. We all know about uh, Glory Road and, and Texas Western starting uh, starting all five uh, players in the in the championship game. And was it 66, 67? Uh, Loyola started integrating. Um, had four players, four black players, to start the national championship game. And they beat Cincinnati, the two-time defending champion Cincinnati. Cincinnati had a certain plan, gentleman on that squad named uh, Oscar Robertson. <laughs> that means we don't believe that means, championship. That means somebody in Chicago would get me done. So, uh, but they started four black players in every game. Uh, they were first team in history to start an all-black lineup in December of 62. And then the game that really started 
people paying attention was when they defeated the all-white Mississippi State team in the tournament. And that's the game that articles, more articles and information has been written about because there were some folks that didn't want, some folks from Mississippi State did not want them to play they didn't all those black players. And the fact, well, another part of that is that the team almost bowed out of the tournament and refused to play at all. Yes. Stepped out on the court. That, that, was, that was the biggest part, of, that's the big part of that story because you're already in the tournament. And everybody didn't qualify. Back at that time, they were doing what, KG? I don't know who was going. Conference champs. That meant that Kentucky didn't go that year. That's correct. Well, what what the coming one? That is correct. Interesting. Wrap it up, sir. What's on your, what, what do you want to say to wrap it up? Well. What, what you got coming up this week? Uh, what do I have coming up this week? This week, other than tomorrow, uh, with ACT. The uh, American. <laughs> Stop hating. Stop hating. <laughs> tomorrow with ACT. With ACT. I'll be the American Athletic Conference. I'll, I'll be visiting a couple of camp, uh, camp, uh, campuses and all this week, uh, especially at HBU. I tell you what, folks, you need to drive by uh, uh, Houston Baptist University, Husky Stadium. Um, they are in the process of getting ready. For, they have a abbreviated schedule this year. Uh, they opened up with uh, Oklahoma, uh, not Oklahoma, Sam Houston State on the road. At their stadium. San Houston State was picked to win the Southland Conference again. They should. Well, no no they question. They, they know how to pick up. They know how to pick up Dallas. That championship game two years in a row. So. <laughs> they know how to go to Dallas, Houston, and elsewhere in, in, in the country and pick up football players. And I'm going to tell you, they got no problem with putting a bunch of them out there on the field and saying, let's go get this done, boys. Let's go get this done. Uh, and the, the stadium is located on the corner of... Fondren and Beachnut, right between the CBS on the corner, football stadium, and then right behind it is the baseball stadium. You need to come by. It's a, it's a lovely place, especially to watch it all uh, come together. The, the state of the field will be is ready now for uh, football fall practice, which starts on the 5th of August. August. And uh, it, 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 next it, week, yeah, that's right. And, and folks, I'm gonna tell you, I was going so much last week. I thought this week was next week. I got up this morning ready to head off to somebody's press conference and realized like, oh, it's not, it's not, it's, it's a week late. But the Husky sent out a press release today. You were, you were, you were close when you said Oklahoma. Uh, they, they play Oklahoma Baptist. Baptist, yeah, yeah. But they announced that they had to move their game against Texas College. That was initially originally scheduled to be their home opener right. in the stadium from September 21st to November 2nd. Check this out. This is in the release. Check this out. Texas College, the previous administration, had also scheduled a game on September 21st. Remind you, no, so remind they you had two games scheduled for September 21st. Does everybody get it back a I'm not going to say who that is, but, <laughs> but yes, you know what I'm talking about. But yes, you and I are on the same page. But the previous administration scheduled Texas College to play two teams on September 21st. So once that was realized, so they, they, they uh, uh, talked to HBU and the Huskies and the Steers realized they had agreed to move the game back to November 2nd when they had an open date. So uh, as you mentioned, Wildcat mentioned their season opens, Husky season opens August 31st at San Houston State. Then they'll play Wayland Baptist on se- se- September 14th. And... Um, 
then the, the first home game now will be against Oklahoma Baptist, and then Abilene Christian on the 12th, and then they play Incarnate Word, who's going to be a new member of the Southland. Listen to that. Incarnate Word is going to be in the Southland Conference. And, both, and then just and then, and then wrap it up in Texas A&M Commerce. So, I mean, people want to get a piece of that football pie. So that's what it is, man. So we went to Division One to play. That's the, that's the, that's the other thing that concerns uh, uh, with uh, Conference USA, and you, I'll be writing about that and posting stuff. And all the, you hear more so out of everybody's mouth and all. I, will, I, I was kind of upset that uh, Coach, uh, Commissioner Renaski wasn't available to everybody uh, for media day. Uh, you saying Britain wasn't there? I, if he, he came, he was supposed to TV, no, right? He, I he, he came by and he talked, but he was in and out of the hotel like mm-hmm. a stealth. I was like, okay then, because my questions will hold, because I got a good one. I got at least three questions I'm going to ask, and that'll be all I'm going to need. He'll probably put me on blast like somebody, one of our other friends, I need to tell you about that out there. He got put on blast once. He had to report to the principal's office. I was like, really? Well, that's, that, well, you know, stuff happens. That's okay. That's true. If you, as long as your questions are good questions and respectful. And are they truthful? Yes. And, and, and his, Not, his, his information was truthful, but the, the principal felt like he should have okayed by the principal before he put that in. Oh, well, you, know. you know, that's <laughs> Good journalism. Right. Ask questions that rough and fast. Yeah, that's when you know you're doing your job. Exactly. That's when you know you're doing your job. Uh, but, yeah, folks, you got TSU, you got HBU. Uh, matter of fact, HBU will be playing at two stadiums, um, Straight Judgment and BBVA Compass. Uh, I think that would be their, their homecoming game. I think that's what the, the, they've got their schedule for that. But uh, you got Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian could be in the Southland as well. God, that, was, that, was school, when I, that was a school that, you know what you did? And, and I'm afraid up with this because that's interesting. Abilene Christian decided they wanted to go football after they heard about HBU. Wow. Well, well I believe that. Yeah, okay. But in the process when they did it, they waited too late because by the time HBU had got going, NC2A went back. You remember we had that discussion? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went back and totally had a board meeting and changed the rules and the qualifications. And now, you got to pay some money. They don't want you coming in there and getting in their, their dollar sign. And if you go to the Big 12 pay, uh, homepage and link up to the uh, uh, Commissioner Bolson's uh, uh State of the Conference, uh, uh, where um, his uh, speech, you will see that there is about to be a coming storm in Division One football with super conferences stretched across this conference, this, this country, and the lowly schools included. The ACT. Yeah. <laughs> the American. Then, Everybody uh, else. If not uh, in the Big Four uh, Superpower Conferences, you are this is going to be the, this is what's the one that, that clicked in my head. Teams like Vanderbilt, uh, Kentucky football, uh, Iowa State, Kansas football, Missouri announced that they, they stepped up and they, they have any issues in the back in the yes, SEC. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, teams like that that are not competing on a regular basis in these super conferences, you'll be left out. I mean, literally, you're going to be left out. And these folks are talking about taking out football programs just the football programs and doing what Notre Dame has done. 
go independent, go their own way, and lead the N2A to flop around like the, the fish out of water. And who, t- who, who tell them, who's telling them, you know, what's going to happen about that? But trust me, everybody's paying attention to what Notre Dame has done with that NBC. And tr- my gut tells me that's going to be a superpower for football uh, uh, situation for NBC now that they've. Because I see them, everybody landing, the Super Conference landing with them because they'll need a, a place to put their product down. We'll see. There's only one Notre Dame. That's true. But NBC will be welcoming everybody. Well, because they need programming. They, they need programming. And on Saturday morning, if you can get five games in on, on a Saturday. We'll see. NBC Sports needs programming. So we'll see how, how it all shakes out. Football makes the world go around college athletics. We all know it, it drives. It, it drives. drives the bus. It drives the limo. It drives all the all the transportation. Thank you as always for listening to the podcast. Wide ranging topics. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. And as we wrap it up, in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.